we are back again for another week at the barbershop player's voice i'm your host mark gray to the right of me that man would be the former nba lottery pick damar johnson how you doing today brother i'm doing great i bet you are the man to the right of him that would be a1 what's up guys all right and the man to my left our football guru lamont jordan how you doing today brother what's going on fellas all right well uh back again for another week whole lot's been going on College, college football is jumping, college basketball is finally coming into form, uh, NBA, NFL, just a bunch of, just about everything. Um, before we get into why they mentioned college football, you see um, UConn keeps on moving. U- UConn women won, I think it's now 80, 84 or 85 games in a row. Knocked off number two, Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Um, where would you rank that Like when it comes to just accomplishments that, this, that they're one essentially almost three years in a row without losing? I don't know because I don't know these girls. So I don't know really how much of it is competition. They just have all the best players. Is it, you know, just because they have the best coach? I don't know. I just don't expect for them to, like, ever lose. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that comes down to it. Is you, I guess you ask yourself, they literally have all of the best players, all just about, you know what I mean? So they can consecutively all the time. I'm assuming, I don't know. I'm assuming. Lamont, what do you make of it? I know you're, that's actually one of your uh, things. Uh, they have, they definitely have a rack of good players. Uh, Gino, I mean, he seems to do a great job of getting the best out of his players too. I mean, we can't let that go unnoticed, but I think uh, December 29th is going to be the day. December 29th is the day that these girls are going down. <laughs> and I'm assuming they play right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're coming, to the, they're, they're coming to the Xfinity Center. And, um, you know, I feel good about my turfs this year. What are they ranked right now? Uh, I don't even know what they're ranked right love now. Your I think optimism, they're like top five. Or all the time. Top five I love your like optimism. You, all, all the time. You didn't, you, didn't think, you didn't think the Merlin football team would be, they would be in 21 points in Michigan? I mean, <laughs> I mean but when you lose some key players before, <laughs> um, before the game, those players were fifty points each. <laughs> that's 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 what he said. I know one of them is worth at least fourteen to twenty one. Really? No, there's nobody. In Lolo's a game changer. Yeah, I mean, when you take he he was he was a game changer. Him not being the game against Michigan. No. Yeah. No. I'm not saying that we would have won, but you got to think about it. you're taking you you t- you just took off him not being there. Your second most efficient offensive player was not in the game. So you take that out, you take that out of the equation. I mean, against the Jim Harbaugh defense, you're not going to do much against that. I'm not saying we would have won, but when the uh, bad. It, we would have scored more points. I think offensively, we would have scored more points. Okay. <laughs> I think it's more so about stopping them from scoring because even even Ohio State and other good ranked teams, they don't score that much with their with all their players. I think it's about stopping them more so. Your your former coach. Lane Kiffin gets a new head coaching job over there at Florida Atlantic, which has raised a couple of eyebrows. Is right. where exact why exactly uh, he would find himself there? Um, you know, assuming that there's better coaching options available to him. You have any thoughts on what we can expect from Lane Kiffin down there at Florida Atlantic, Boogie? Being as he was your former coach, I mean, it really just depends on what coaching staff he gets in there. What did you think of Lane? I did my. For me, I played for Tom Rathman. He was my running back coach when Kiffin was there. And if it's one thing I think Kiff did a great job of was he put a good coaching staff together. The offensive line coach is now the offensive line coach for for the Seattle Seahawks for the last few years. Um, Tom Rathman, that speaks for itself. 
Where's um, Rathman at now? You have any idea? He's back in San Francisco. Okay. But he put together a good staff. I really think it, it really just comes down to, to what is his staff going to look like. I like his offense. Uh, you have to remember he was at USC. And although I think that whole Pac-12, Pac-10, whole, that whole thing out there I think is overrated, um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does at that school. I, I think it's a good opportunity for him um, to start out at a school, I'm going to say a small school, to kind of see what he could do uh, as a head coach again. Well, would you call yourself a Lane Kiffin fan? Do you believe in him? Um, mm, I'm not going to say. I can't say I do or I can't say I don't. I mean, I believe in Coach Belichick. You know, he's not that. Well, well, I believe in Coach Belichick. You know, I believe in North Turner. Um, um, I just, I just, just didn't get enough. That was a tough year for me personally when I played for Lang. So, but like I said, I think it's all going to come down to who is his coaching staff, like what what coaching staff is he going to have around him. That's going to be the critical piece. When Lane Kiffin came there, he was the youngest head coach in NFL history. Did his did at that time? Do you, did his age play anything in, into anything? Was it ever an issue that you felt, you know, the guys find it a little bit harder to take him serious at that age or it didn't really matter one way or the other? He was in Oakland at a time where there's only a – you have to be a special type of coach in Oakland at that time to, to do that. And for him being a young coach, it, it definitely was something that, that I feel like worked against him, especially, you know, like I said, being in Oakland at that time. I mean, you were our third head coach in three years. Right. You know, that means we get an extra mini camp. We don't want that. <laughs> we already right. got bad attitudes mm-hmm. towards it. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Okay. It's definitely. Uh, I felt like he took a step back going there. Yeah, hey. but he's a head coach. Like, he's a he head really coach. But he, coach. I, I, if he, one more year, if he had the option, mm-hmm. one more year there in Alabama, or, I mean, LSU wanted to bring him as an as a OC, all you got to do is have a good year and you'll get a bigger job. There, I'm pretty sure he's got he got to be there a few years. I couldn't I couldn't imagine that after being off Alabama's offensive coordinator, it's about to be probably coming off of back to back national championships. There's got to be, and he has former head coaching experience. There has to be better jobs available that's, that's, than that at bigger programs. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, did Texas get a coach yet? I mean, I know he's you know burned a lot of bridges in a lot of places. He's not going to get the Texas job. I was thinking the Houston job maybe he could have got. Texas, Texas job too te- big for him? Herman, Herman. Herman already had that job. Yeah, that's so he right. Maybe he could have went to Herman's job. There's other jobs out there. Yeah, I mean, good luck down there. I, I, will, I will say this. The Alabama offense wasn't very impressive to me. They they, they weren't really impressive. If, if When we think about Alabama, we Let's think about, about their defense. defense and their special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, I think if their offense would have produced more than – it just wouldn't be fair to the rest of the college football. <laughs> right. Well, they got a running back playing quarterback. He well, got he got a little better towards the end, though. I mean, he's getting better towards the end, but I know we you know we saying that he played in Alabama, but if you think about the weakness of the Alabama team, it was their offense. Yeah. That is that is very true. That is definitely very true. I don't care who you bring in; the weakness is always going to be their offense because their defense is so elite. Yeah, but if you can get an offense that that. Just do a little better, be a little more consistent. Um, I, I think with Alabama, it's just like it's it's a no contest for anybody else in, in in football. I mean, that offense just did not do a good job of supporting that defense and that special teams. I mean, if they had anything that resembled a consistent offense, it, it just I mean, it's, it it'll just be ugly. 
your defense is always scoring points. Your special mm-hmm. teams score points. Your defense and special teams, they change field position. So, um, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that this might have been the only head coaching job that he that that he was going to be able to get. Hey, Mo, we got any comments over there? I can see things, but for some reason they're not popping up on, on here, though. Yeah. A1? Will Dixon, Will Dixon says same thing with Daniels and uh, Denver. And what? Um, and now with New England Patriots, Lamont play for playing for a young coach. With Josh McDaniels, yeah, when he was out there in uh, Denver, Josh was even younger than Lane, wasn't he? I don't think so. Okay. Josh really went over there and just tried to, and just broke everything up. No, actually, that's on us as players. We started that year out six and zero, and we started filling ourselves. And that's where, that. and that's where guys like myself and Gaffney, guys who came from New England, I think that's where we had a responsibility to to get the guys in the locker room to understand that the only way we're going to succeed is to continue to do things the way it's supposed to be done. But we he got get soft. Jay and Brandon on it. Don't matter. It had to happen. That's a system. Neither one of them would. Neither one of them would survive playing for Bill Belichick conducting themselves that way. Yeah. So although Josh McDaniels isn't Coach Belichick, there is a formula. There is a system. So I, I can't wait for Josh to get another head coaching job. I mean, I think he's going to be an outstanding coach. Um, I just think as players, that year we started out 6-0. and We had a bye week. We felt ourselves, and then we ran into a very hungry and physical Ravens defense, and it was just all downhill for the remainder of the season. Yeah. You guys never won another game after that, did you? Uh, we finished the season, I want to say, eight, I think we might have won one or two games after that. Then the next year was when that, all the Tebow stuff came about. That's then. That's when the whole Tebow stuff came about. Um, but but a, a coach like Josh McDaniels, who's bringing the system and the formula that he's bringing, um, you know, it, it's not always about the talent. It's about guys who who are going to do the right thing, guys who can be trusted, and guys who aren't going to be distractions. Because Coach Belichick, he just don't put up with that, and I know Josh, he doesn't either. So. I think that Josh, put his way, I, I, I like Josh as a head coach better than I like Kiffin. I noticed you, you, uh, danced around <laughs> and had nothing to say good nor bad with about, uh, about what's, his, what's the first one's name? Uh, about Lane, but you, you definitely jumped up to, um, jumped up to the, to defensive Josh McDaniels. Uh, DJ, I, had, I saw this one, um, question surface on the internet and I thought it was a real good one and it was, of the feats accomplished so far in the NBA, which one do you think is most impressive? And the choices were um, Westbrook's triple-double streak, Chris Paul, 20 points, 20 assists, zero turnovers, Clay Thompson's uh, 60 points in 29 minutes, um, James Harden's, I uh, forgot what James Harden's streak was, and Kevin Love, 30, what was it, 27 points in a quarter? Um... And, and or um Steph Curry's thirteen three uh how many three pointers do you have? Thirteen. Thirteen three pointers. Which one of those do you find most impressive? Probably they're they're all impressive. Um I, probably the, the, the thirteen threes. Curry's thirteen threes? Yeah, nobody else has ever done it. Guys have scored sixty. Um I'm pretty I don't know if somebody else has had twenty twenty no turnovers though. I'm be pretty sure hard to that. do. Yeah, but everything else has been done already. But the 13 threes. Um, I, I would say the the 60 because of how he scored the 60 and the amount of minutes he scored it in. And him only taking 11 dribbles and having the ball for like 90 seconds total. 
That's, right, so I don't think impressive. it's just 60. It's the whole, it's, it's, it's how he got 60, whole, yeah, how yeah. effective he was. I mean, efficient he was. But the thing about that is, is how he, on a team he plays on and how he gets his points is, I don't want to say it's easy, but for a guy who shoots like him, it seems pretty easy. Kobe 60, it's 60 going at you. Yeah. One-on-one, I'm just, I'm really just going at you. And that's a harder 60 than, um, you know, second best shooter in the world shooting open shots. The the and in the same breath of you saying that though, while I guess it's not even a guess, but it's factual. Nobody's ever shot thirteen three pointers in a, in a in a game. That being said, May thirteen, May thirteen, yeah. I'm not even that feat by Steph Curry just doesn't even impress me because if I told you, man, last night Steph Curry, Steph Curry had thirteen threes, I don't even think you'd blink. You'd be like, uh, I, you'd be like, I thought he'd done that. But you know what I mean? Like right. it's like okay, I mean. Well, he's not, he like, averages like five or six a game anyway, already to begin with. You know what I mean? So it just doesn't seem like that's not going to lead Sports Center. Like, wow, you're not going to believe what Steph Curry did. You know, you just be like, yeah, I mean, he does stuff like he hits 10 pretty regularly, you know, so it's not that big of a feat. But it I hasn't can, been done. There's been a yeah, lot of right. shooters out there who hit a lot of shots, and that hasn't been done, not even by him to that point. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he the, deserved that, that record. The one that I felt like that got the most attention. Or the most one that, if we're just keeping it actual, factual, like what had people buzzing and talking, would have been Clay Thompson's. Clay Thompson the next day had everybody saying, "Did you see that?" You yeah. know what I mean? Like, wow, that was, that that was incredible, and he yeah. was the talk of the of the town for the next day. Um, Westbrook seven triple doubles in a row, pretty impressive. Yeah. Chris Paul twenty. I I wonder if anybody has ever done that twenty twenty points, twenty assists, and zero turnovers. That's that's I like that. That's a big. That's a pretty big deal yeah. in this day and age when. Guys like Harden and Westbrook are giving you, you know, 10, 10 turnovers games, you know, twice a week. Right. Did he have any steals with that, Chris Paul? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did, yeah. I mean, I think that 20 points, 20 assists is more impressive than zero today. turnovers, too. I mean, can you imagine Larry Bird playing in today's NBA? I mean, Steph Curry's three point record would be nothing if Bird was playing in, in, in today's NBA where nobody's playing defense, everybody's wide open. Um, so I think what Chris Paul. It did with the 20 points, uh, 20 points, 20 assists. That's saying that my point guard is not only scoring points, but he's getting everybody else involved. And if my point guard is doing that, then I feel like I have a better chance of winning some games. Well, that's what Chris Paul does. And he got, he got players around him who can finish. He got two of the most athletic big men he could just throw the ball up to and they could dunk the ball. He got one of the best shooters who you just you, you spot up and knock down shots. And Larry Bird would, would, would not, he isn't a better shooter than Steph. He didn't even shoot that many threes. He won three point con- he won three point contest, but different game, right now, different era. Yeah, yeah, he he did a lot more to shoot threes. I he, think it's a lot easier to hit three pointers if I'm a shooter on a team where I have Steph Curry mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant on my team. Well, the, so if I, the so, difference with, with that is is Steph creates his 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 three pointers. He's not out there like Clay just spotting up coming off Steph. He'll shoot him in your face. He'll dribble, just give him a little bit of space, and he he shoot the most difficult three pointers. And for him to shoot the percentage that he shoots, while taking prop by far the most difficult three pointers, mm-hmm. is is what's impressive to me. He's not out there like you know Steve Kerr, just making wide open shots. Mm-hmm. He's making contested shots, very contested shots, and shooting threes at a, 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 a the the rate of a, of difficulty a shot is high, <laughs> and so is the percentage of, of that he's making them right. is high. That that combination of the difficulty and the percentage of, of the made, I don't know, is the greatest 
combination that right. we've ever seen and we probably ever will see, for, for that matter. Right. I mean, he's when it comes to shooting and creating his own shot, he's as good as it gets right. in, in any era. You know what I mean? In any era. Um, the triple doubles is really impressive, too, but I just feel like, I feel like Russell can 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 average that really. I mean, because he has the ball so much, the hardest thing is getting them rebounds, and he he's been he's been doing pretty well at getting those rebounds. The points and assists he can get that very easy. What? How impressed were you with Kevin Love? With I think his was twenty eight. How many did he have in that quarter? A one. Kevin Love. Twenty twenty seven. I think it was twenty seven. Okay. Kevin uh, Love. Clay, Clay did that last year though. Yeah, Clay's done that. At twenty days, he's done that probably three or four different times. Yeah. Um, Ke- Kevin Love has bounced back and have, is having a is having a good season. Mm-hmm. He's he's back to uh, I think he's close to twenty and ten, if not over that. I know he's I know he's at ten rebounds a game. He's back over ten rebounds a game. Is he averaging twenty? I'm not I sure. I, yeah. He's he's up there. If I think he's like probably maybe eighteen or nineteen, but I mean Who he's to find that out for us. Um, we don't have anybody. We don't have anybody. <laughs> we don't have anybody. Um, I tell you uh, what though. Go ahead. I I do believe he's. Probably over twenty. Last I checked, he was at twenty and ten. But I'll I'll double check that right now, though. Spe- speaking of which, with the winter coming up, you know what you could. Everybody might be out there and need their AC and heating uh, serviced. And what you can do at SNL AC and Heating, you find them on the web at www.slaiorg, or you can reach them by phone three zero one eight zero seven four two six eight, servicing the Washington D.C. area. And again, that's SNL, AC, and heating. Go ahead, DJ. Do you have something you were going to say? No. I felt like I had to cut you off there. No, no. You, you did what you were supposed to do. Okay. A1, did you have Kevin Love's number in there? I know it's very hard to get. Baseball <laughs> 30 in that quarter. Who? Kevin Love? Mm-hmm. It was something pretty impressive. He's back on track. A1, why do you make things so hard? I don't have it right. I, 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 get, I get it to you. All you have to do is click on his name. You can just type his name in a Google bar. <laughs> <laughs> you are unreal, man. You can't even make this stuff up. Um, <coughs> did you have anything? I'm trying to think. Was there something else NBA uh, related to talk about? But I guess, I guess there was. John Wall all of a sudden is put together. He's putting himself together. A nice little uh, run here. I think he's trying to run out of town, though. Yeah, you know what I heard? Yes, because I'm thinking John Wall is playing great. But then I heard a stat saying that they're like 0 and 4 when he scores 30 or something. I don't doubt it. I know every time I well, they're losing pretty much regardless of what anybody does. You know, so I I, I don't know why. Uh, I, I I just don't think that's going to work. What you got, A1? It's 34 points. 21.7 and 10.3. So 22 and, 22 and 10. That's good. And also I think that's that's a part of too. this year LeBron is just kind of chilling. He is. Here's, here, here, Kyrie. Here, Kevin. Yep. Y'all, y'all do y'all thing. Yeah, he had, he, Kevin Love had 31 points in the first 34, quarter. 34. 34. Excuse me. In the first quarter, which is an uh, NBA record. 34 points in, the, in any quarter. Yeah. It's pretty amazing to make it in the first. Who did he do that against? That's, that was my next question. You click on it. It says it right there. Scroll Come on. Up. All you have to do is click on that thing. I don't know. You don't have it there, anyone? It's, the, it's still impressive. Yeah, if you're... Against Portland. Portland. He had it it against Portland. Um, Okay, that being said, let's go ahead and get into these um, NFL NFL, uh, games. What what, what were the records? Hey, one. All right. um, No, I I counted like five in my head. I know I lost. So, last week, MG went 
Eight and eight. Eight and eight for me. No. You got to speak up because Facebook wrong. people can't hear you. That definitely sounds wrong. Yeah. You went 11 and five. 11 okay. and five for me. Uh, Lamont went 10 and six. 10 and six for Lamont. And DJ also went 11 and five. 11 and five. Oh, 11 and five. Yeah, five. On the season. Uh oh. We don't. Care for the season? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. What's the season? On oh, the season, uh, MG is one thirty-six and seventy-two. Woo! Double. Go ahead. DJ is one twenty-eight and eighty. Hold on, I'm one thirty-six and he's one twenty-eight. Yeah, so you're eight. you got eight games on okay. him. Okay. And Lamont is sixty-six and forty-one. I think sixty-six and forty-one. We we'll have to do the percentages on that <laughs> and see where that obviously is a big difference. But I'm not, I'd have to, off the top of my head, I'm not, off the top of the head, I think my winning percentage will still be higher than that. But eight game lead on you, DJ. How you feel about that? A lot of these games, we're, we're picking them on Tuesday. All know, of them and, we're and, on Tuesday. Well, all these games, all these games we're picking on Tuesday and just not having all the information going would you, into it. Would you call that an excuse? Like if I knew, Lamont, if, would you call that an excuse? if I, if I, if I knew how cold it was going to be, I would have picked Kansas City to beat Oakland. I knew it should have known that it was an arrowhead. That's that's all. That yeah, I didn't, know. I didn't yeah, know. who picked the? I mean, who were the picks in that game? I know. I picked Kansas, Kansas City, City, Oakland. I picked Kansas City. I want to say we both picked Kansas City in that one. You don't. It's hard to win in in, in arrowhead, man. It really is hard. Okay, okay. Yeah. So what is your excuse? I thought I thought yeah, I picked you know, Oakland. Why are you making excuses? Oh, so hold on. Where mother? Man. So I count where mother loss come in because I counted that as a loss. Unless I pick Jacksonville. Denver, you, Jacksonville? Pick, you pick Denver, Arizona, Jacksonville, Jacksonville okay. Indianapolis, and San Francisco. Okay. All right, let's go ahead with the Thursday night game. What was the Thursday night game? That Thursday. was the Oakland, Oakland at Kansas City. Oakland at Kansas City was Thursday night game. So, let's, okay, let's go ahead and start right there. This was such – anybody who plays fantasy football is fully aware of it. You probably started your playoffs this, year, this week. Um, so many players across the board played awful this week. That is not fun. So many big names, people who are MVP candidates – had the worst weeks of their life, and that'll probably be the theme for this show as we go across, as we go from game to game. You'll notice how many people who, you know, normally are big time, uh, number, number guys just didn't have it going today. And we start off right there on Thursday with, uh, Derek Carr, a guy who many were probably had as the front runner just about for the MVP. And he goes out there and goes 17 for 41. Goodness gracious. Threw the ball 41 times. And still, and amassed 117 yards. That's pretty hard to do. With brings up to an average of 2.9 in attempt, a QBR of seven, 7.6. Only got sacked once, but basically that Kansas City defense was everything. They, I feel like they've scored in some ridiculous like five or six games in a row now that they've gotten to score from either the defense or the special teams. And you know, Alex Smith, you know what he's going to do, which is not make mistakes. And if you're going to get the defense that's going to give you uh, some points, and Alex Smith is not going to mess up the game, running game, then actually wasn't pretty much unaffected itself, averaging two yards a carry. But um, I, I make this about you just don't win an arrowhead. They're 5-1 and one this year, and, you know, it's it's a tough place to win. Yeah, um, Oakland ran the ball great. They did. Um, Carr didn't have his best game. Kansas City defense is really good. Travis Kelsey's really good, but that kid Tyreek Hill, man, he's special. He he's become really, really key for that team, and he's doing all, all kind of things, special teams and and offense. And then what's so crazy is the next day, all I could hear about is something that happened with him in college. 
he, he punched his old girlfriend, a pregnant girlfriend, or something. Like they, they'll tell you down, tell you down, man. When when I was watching the game, not it was, I think it might have been this one. No, because I had the sound, so I heard. It. So it was Sunday night, I think it was last week's game. And sure enough, they they that's the first thing Collinsworth says. You know, let me tell you, man, this guy is amazing. I, you know, great game speed. Coming out of college, there was a lot of questions, domestic dispute. The teams knew about it. Beat up his girlfriend, and it was just like, what's all of that? What's that about, man? Just we're watching a football game, and he's like, you know, he was very upfront with the Chiefs, and everybody knew it was a risk. Da 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 da. Draft his kid, he fell in the draft, and like you said, it just it just kind of seemed like. What was the point of bringing that up? Right, I didn't even hear Chris say that. I I, I, heard, it on I heard it one of the sports shows the next day. I'm like, man, are they really talking about this right now, man? Yeah, that's that's what that's what they do around here. I guess the question becomes, Kansas, Kansas City's now two and three. Are they title contenders, Lamont? That's what did I say? Excuse me, ten and three. I think that they're one of two teams that could pose a threat to the Patriots in the AFC. I think Kansas City and Pittsburgh are the only two teams that could knock the Patriots off. Um, Pittsburgh because of their offense and just how explosive they are in all areas of the offensive game. And I like Kansas City's chances because of their defense. If, if you have a chance, the only chance you have as a defense of stopping Tom Brady is you have to be able to put pressure on him. And that's, yeah. that's one thing that the Kansas City Chiefs do a great job mm-hmm. of is putting pressure on their quarterback. Now, I don't know how long they lost Derek Johnson yep, for, but, the but he left the game. And, that, and based on the way he took his helmet off, he could tell that was one of those things you could tell that he just knows that. Yeah, he's done. That, he that, he, that he, he get touched. That's yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. And the way he threw his helmet off. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how, how well the defense plays with him gone, but, um. He's the best player on that defense. Yeah, he's the best player on that defense. Um, but if you're the next, if, if you're his backup, you just have to step up. And just overall, as that, that defense, man, they just, they just fly around. Let me ask you a question, Boogie, on defense. <clears throat> we often hear about so and so is the quarterback of the defense. Does it, is it A, I've heard it about safeties and I've heard it about middle linebackers. Does it always have to be one or the other? Or could essentially anybody really be the quarterback of the defense? You like your middle linebacker and, and your free safety to, to be, the quarterback of your of your defense, your middle linebacker, because he's in the middle of all the action, and he can relay messages to to everybody. Um, your safety, of course, because he's going to be the guy that gets your secondary situated. But when it all comes, put it this way: as far as I'm concerned, when I was in Oakland, Warren Sapp was was the guy. Okay, so you know, okay, he, he's he at was the front line. Put it this way: every play, he was practice and in games. Watch out for this. They come out in a formation. He say, "Oh, watch out for that. It's coming here. It's coming." He just knew what the defense was going to do. So, um, where doesn't it make it harder with him being so far up to the front? No, that comes down to just him knowing that's 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 just a vet. That just comes with scouting. What I mean, what I meant was for people to hear him. Yeah, voice wise, like no, if, the same, right if the linebacker is yelling, you know, here he's there. Warren Sapp, if he's at the front of the line of scrimmage, and the safety is 15, 20 the, the, back. The, okay, so the secondary gets their calls from a secondary player. Okay. Whereas the linebackers, the the middle linebacker, will oftentimes get the front line settled. So on, on, on defense, you have two areas. You have two levels. You have your front seven, which pretty much controls the run game and put pressure on the quarterback. And then you have your back four. They, you know, they, they're, they're secondary responsible for the pass game. So if I'm a safety, if I play cornerback, oftentimes I'm looking to another secondary player to help me to get 
you know, what signal, what adjustments we're going to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're on the front line, then most, like I said, most of the time you'll get it from your middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. But if your middle, like in our situation, Warren Sapp just knew everything. It mm-hmm. just seemed like he just always knew where the ball was going to go. Yeah. So he'll stand up and, and, and this wasn't something that, that the coaches said, hey, you know, we're going to go through Sapp. No, this was just something that Sapp as a vet, this is just what he, he stood up. Hey, it's coming here. It's coming here. And if the ball came there and the linebackers weren't where they were supposed to be at, they, they were going to hear about it. So, um, so Sapp was more than just a freak of nature. Put it this way. Randy, Randy and Sapp are two guys that I, I can honestly say that, you know, I, I try not to worry about or care about what a guy's reputation is off the field. Mm. To me, they were two good, they were two great teammates. All I saw was Sapp just being a guy out there. He talked a lot. He definitely talked a lot, but he was a guy that knew his stuff. Randy was a guy that knew his stuff, and and you always saw both of those guys talking to the young players, trying to educate the young players. So, um, Sapp was pretty much the quarterback of our defense. Me and you talked about this, and I still think we haven't talked about it on the show. So, I, while we're on this segment, I want to give you an opportunity to speak. That oftentimes, as we sit here, the phrase that we always hear is the Mike linebacker and identifying the Mike. And you hear the quarterbacks, whether it's Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, pointing out fifty-two is the Mike, fifty-five is the Mike. Mm-hmm. What exactly do they mean when they point out or they say somebody is the Mike? And how does that give you an advantage once the quarterback has pointed out said Mike? All right, well, the Mike is the middle linebacker. And oftentimes you have three linebackers. You have your strong, your middle, and your weak linebacker. We just call the middle backer your weak. All of your pass protections and your responsibilities of, of everybody involved in pass protection is based on that Mike call. So in base protections, the linemen are responsible for the four down plus a linebacker once the mic is identified we know who the strong backer is and we know who the wheel backer is and so once that's pointed out depending on what your pass protection is if the linemen are responsible for the four down linemen in the mic whatever guy they point to and say that he's the mic that's who the linemen are responsible for if uh, <clears throat> when i was with the jets we had 50 protection which made me responsible for the mic so once the quarterback pointed out the mic i knew right then and there that that I had that that was my man and everybody else, depending on who your responsibility is, you, you pretty much knew based off of the mic call who, you know, who, who you were responsible for. So, so he's the guy that's going to blitz. He's not the guy that's going to blitz. That he, that he's not necessarily the guy that's going to blitz, but he helps. He pretty much helps set the foundation for everything that for everything that we do. So for the guy, for the people who are watching live, uh, like MG, he's in the middle of us. He's the mic backer. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when you see a running back in the backfield and he's offset to a side, mm-hmm. he's away from the tight end, that's the weak side linebacker. Mm-hmm. So if if A if A one was the tight end, all right, he was playing to the tight end side, you would be the strong backer because you're to the tight end side. You would be the Sam. MG would be the middle backer. I would be the weak backer. If the quarterback came up and for some reason based on scouting, he said that you were the Mike. Mm-hmm. Now he becomes the Sam, he becomes the Will. I become the, the the secondary player, and see that's what people don't understand is that like this game of football is not just a bunch of guys lining up and just but no there, there's some thinking that has to go on. The mic sets everything for the offense. If you do not point out the mic backer, then as a pass protector, you have no idea who you have. When we're double teaming up to guys, <clears throat> when you see linemen come and double a guy to another guy, if we don't know who the mic is and the double team is responsible for the double to the wheel. If we don't know who the mic or if we don't know who the mic is, then we don't know who the Sam is. We don't know who the Will is, and we don't know who the strong safety is. So you don't know who to block. You don't know who to block. So a lot of times you'll see a game and somebody will come clean clean through. Is that 
does that involve like a miscommunication, miscommunication. or breakdown? Okay. Oftentimes, when you see guys come free, when you watch the replay, anytime you see two players on one and one guy came free, that was just miscommunication. Somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. Or the, or the quarterback identified the wrong mic. Yes, yes. Because your quarterback, yeah. As a quarterback, if you if you identify the wrong mic, that's what you're gonna get. And 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 you know they bring a sneaky blitz. And it just so happens that you put the mic over here and the blitz is coming from over here and I as the back get the wrong mic call mm-hmm. and that man comes free. You get your backside blown up, pause. <laughs> then that's, that's, that's you know, that, that's on the quarterback. Yeah. That's on the quarterback, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, DJ, see, we get, Lamont tells us all this stuff, which I don't know how much of that you were able to retain, but for me, I'm not even going to sit here and lie <laughs> and say it was a lot. <laughs> like, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. In basketball, is it that complex too or – or not? You wouldn't say not so much. I would need to. I would need you to ask something specific. Um, I mean, it's just about plays. I mean, you got to know your plays, and you know the other team's plays too. So, like when, in the NBA, we hear if somebody called you today and flew you in, if everybody got hurt, you could go out there and play. Correct? Yeah, but I'm going to have to know some stuff. I'm going to have to know where we're running. I can't just be running around. Everybody has a system. Everybody has plays, and even. And you know that the other team knows your plays, so you got to know the counters to them plays. So I can't just – I mean, I could go out there and play, but I, I wouldn't be able to go out there and play all the minutes without having to know at least how, at least how, a handful of How hard of the is that? Would you be a veteran? How hard – is it something like – No, it's not hard. It's not hard. It depends on the team. I mean, and, and, different, and, and different teams got their set of rules. How you got in the pick and roll? If, you know, you got certain names for if you're going to go over – you're going to go under, you're going to send it down, you know, you got blue, or if you got whatever, it could be names, it could be colors, and you got to know them rules because all it takes is one man to be wrong. Your, your guard, he sends them down, but your big man's over here thinking that he's going to the top and somebody got to open lane to the basket. What is an example of, we heard Lamont give us a football play call, what, what does a basketball play call sound like? Or not just doesn't even really. It's not even that complicated. It's, it's not even. It, it could, you can name the place. Okay. And it don't. You just know as long as you know what it is. The name of the play means means nothing. It can just be a one five screen row. They might just say fifteen, fifteen side, fifteen top. If you want the the, the three man to screen for you, thirteen. It could be that simple. And is the point guard making that call? Um. I mean the co- the coaches make calls, but if you got a point guy like a veteran point guy, you know he he can make certain calls. But usually, I mean the coach going to yell on the side um, to run this. But for the most part, an NBA veteran can pick up a, can be can be pick up and go on another system and figure it out rather quickly. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's interesting. Um, anything else you want to say? The Kansas City thing to me is when you say they're one of the teams that can beat the uh, the, the Patriots. I think they could give the Patriots a fight in Kansas City. I think Kansas City is a lot about home field more than it is. I'm not so sure that I would think that they would have a chance to go to Foxborough and get a win. The only team I I feel comfortable with saying that is the Ravens. As we saw last night, they gave them a fight. Ravens, Steelers, Giants, and Seahawks would be the only list of teams that I think would go into Foxborough and put up a fight like that. Kansas City... Going to Kansas City is tough, but they're a completely different team on the road. And as the points start getting higher, Alex Smith, the chances of you winning a shootout with Alex Smith, your quarterback, not very good. They bank on their defense holding you down. 
them producing turnover, turning you over. They lead the NFL in, in uh, plus minus and tur- turnover ratio, and Alex Smith isn't going to make mistakes. Well, like Lamont said, and this is something that Kansas City does well. If you can put pressure on Brady, right. that makes a big difference. He's not he's not scrambling. If he sees you coming, he's going to fall. Or he's going to throw the ball away, and they're going to be in third and second and long down positions, and it's going to be harder for him to score. All you got to do is get. That's what the Giants has always done. Get pressure on him before guys. You got to get pressure before five guys. Yeah, you, once you get pressure on Brady in Denver, and that's what Denver Denver does. Yep. You get pressure on him, you know it's going to make it a lot easier for you. All right, let's get into the um the next one. New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Um, this one, another theme, where as we say, Derek Carr is going to hurt a lot of people this week in their fantasy playoffs and just probably had his worst game of the year. Drew Brees can fit right there in that same boat. Zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, it's time, held to a quarterback rating of 28.7. It's time to start taking this Tampa Bay team and defense, uh, serious. Me, as the Bucks, resident Bucks fan around here, I would say I was very, very, Skeptical, but the defense is, is proven it now for a while, and they stopped. They've got some big wins, you know. They yeah. beat Kansas City. They beat New Orleans. Uh, they've beaten a couple good teams that are that are catching your eyes. Um, this guy Connor Barth, he's come alive. Uh, we are going to need a replacement for Vincent Jackson. Uh, Mike Evans seems to. I don't. I'm sure he has drops this year, but it's definitely not like it was last year, where it seemed like he was dropping two to three a game. So the drop situation with him has has been improved. The running game, no matter who is back there, we've had four or five different running backs back there. The running game just cannot seem to get on track in terms of uh, run blocking. This week we had all three of our running backs healthy, and really none of them got it going. Uh, Doug Martin averaging less than three yards a carry. Jacquez Rogers got two carries, got zero yards. Uh, Charles Sims got all of his yards on one run. I mean, the longest running play of the day was 12 yards, not including Jameis Winston running. Um, the the Saints, you know, who knows? Just a bad day for Drew Brees, and if Drew Brees is having a bad day, the Saints are solely going to lose. Um, yeah, that's all it came down to. It was a bad day for Drew Brees. He was due for one. He's been playing great this year, and you guys, you guys, defense has been stepping up. Um, a win that you needed, a win that you got, and I mean, you guys aren't, you guys aren't, you know, settling for, you know, eight and eight. You know, y'all trying to really get into that postseason and make some noise. Based on what you had thoughts going into his goal, let's let's for, rewind a year ago. Where do you see Jameis Winston? And I'm asking you the same thing, Boogie, on his career arc ahead of schedule, where you thought he was going to be, or even behind schedule. Um, he's the number I, one overall pick. Yeah, if they if you if you guys make the playoffs this year. He's ahead of schedule. I thought I thought he's he was doing a good job, you know, the whole time. And you always was like, man, I'm not worried about him until year three. And I thought he was doing some good things. You know, he's young, so he has his bad games. He had bad games in college where he's doing great. The next thing you know, two, three interceptions it happens. Um, but you know, the way you got you guys are eight and five, and I, even that alone, I think he's ahead of schedule. Lamont, I think he's right on pace. I thought that his I thought I think his early success has a lot to do with, um, especially right now, is, is getting the muscle hamster back. Uh, that's that's critical for a young quarterback is that you have a, a running back that can that that poses a threat. Um, and, and and I think that it helps that the that the division is weak this year. I, I think that goes a long way. But the defense is really stepping up. 
I, I thought that the Saints would lose this game simply because it was on grass and it was down to Tampa. I don't think Tampa will go into New Orleans and beat them. Um, but as far as Jameis Winston is concerned, I just think right now he's – I just think that he's he's right on schedule. I think that he's a guy that coming into the NFL that, that you know, people spend so much time worrying about the off-the-field things that um, you just really didn't know what you were going to get from this guy. And so – 16 for 26 for 184 yards, you know, no touchdowns, no picks, quarterback rating of 65. Uh, that sounds like a quarterback who has a good run game and has a good defense on the side. I think more of the good defense. The running game still in, a, I mean, 35 carries just to get 100 yards. Um, you know, that's, that's a lot of carries, mm-hmm. and it sounds like there's a lot of balance, 26 passes to 35 runs in a game that we were up. Uh, the majority, the entire game, actually, mm-hmm. we were up the whole time. I mean, we were able to do that and control the clock. Um, the Saints, I guess, pretty much are done now. Yeah, yeah. Mathematically, I, I believe they're out of it. Tampa uh, Bay, it's been a great season, but yeah. um, we go to Dallas. Then we get the Saints in New Orleans. I'm, I'm happy. If we were to get nine wins, I'd be happy. You about to say something, A1? Is Michael Reynolds the guy you were bragging about beating on your fantasy team? Definitely wasn't bragging about beating him. I said, that's not what I said under any circumstance. Why? What did he say? No, he just said, uh, Breeze cost, cost me an easy win. Yes, he had Breeze. And a lot of people had Breeze. I mean, so a lot of people's fantasy season is now over thanks to one Drew Breeze. But you know what? I think that this game against the Cowboys, I think this is going to tell us what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really are. Because you're going against still, to me, the, the most balanced and and one of the best offenses in the NFL going against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, if you can go into Dallas after Dallas is coming off of a loss against the Giants um, and you can stop that offense and you can come up out of there with a victory, mm-hmm. then I'm going to say, you know, Tampa Bay is for real. I mean, because you got to look at this. They beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. They beat the Seahawks. Those are two teams that you just don't think that a team that really doesn't have a good offense is going to beat. And for them to beat, to go into Kansas City and get a victory, uh, to beat the Seattle Seahawks where you keep them out of the end zone, mm-hmm. man, that, that says a lot. And if you can go up here against that and Dez and, and Beasley, that offensive line, Witten, and along with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, if you can go into Dallas and you can walk up out of there with a victory, then – you know what? I, I I think I think Tampa's gonna you know they I they agree. they they gonna risk it's gonna be over for the Redskins. I tell if, you if, what, they go in there and do that. Might be some Anthony Romo sightings. Mm, okay, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Let's get to this next one. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Le'Veon Bell, a game for the ages. He single-handedly would have outscored my team and several other teams this week. 236 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and then picked up another 62 yards. Uh, Receiving after Ben looked like he was determined to throw this ball this ball game away. Um, ben while, killed me. While there's a there's a lot of praise for Ben as there should be his career, but he he's he's had lapses in bad games at times that the you know this team needed him to step up. And you know early at one point he had um, what looked like uh, it got called back, but it was on the pace for back to back interceptions on two plays in a row. Um, but they just got so many weapons, and that's the luxury of it, that if Ben and the passing game aren't going, it was cold, it was snowing, yeah. you got a running back that you can hand the ball to 38 times. Yeah. And it still gives you six six yards of carry. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's just the luxury and a plethora of uh, weapons. On the other side, Buffalo, 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 
while it was what a season, you know, the beginning of the season, we're calling for Rex's job. Then he puts together four or five wins in a row, and it's like, nah, what were we talking about? Now all again, all they call every time you turn on TV today, Rex, 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 Rex. Time for Rex to go. Right. Um. Go ahead, DJ. Let you take it from there. I mean, this game here, it's hard to judge for a guy like Rex, and it's hard to judge a game in a snowstorm like this. I mean, guys, it's, it's just about what them guys doing in the trenches and they making blocks. And Le'Veon, you know, Pittsburgh blocked. Le'Veon was able to break through, and LeSean McCoy wasn't. Um, ben stunk it up. Tyrod didn't play bad, but it was just that was just a hard game. It was too much snow on the ground, and I don't think they should be calling for Rex's job for this. I mean, Pittsburgh is actually a pretty good team. Lamont? I think the weather conditions just benefited Pittsburgh. Right. And although Ben threw the ball 31 times, I mean, I have to believe that him throwing the ball 31 times when you have Antonio Brown on the field, I think that's going to soften up your defense. I don't care what the weather's like. If your quarterback is throwing the ball 31 times in that weather, you're going to have to honor that. He still and, ran it 40. And he still, he still ran it 40, but what that's telling me is, is that Pittsburgh offensive line just dominated Buffalo's defensive line. Right. I think that's what it comes down yep. to. And in a game like this where you're playing in snowy conditions, it favors a running back like Bell because mm-hmm. of the way he runs. Mm-hmm. He's never really at full speed until he makes his decision that yep. he's ready to go. Yep. Everything he does is kind of like that. Not even tap. full speed. He's not even running. Until yeah, he and he's, he's, he's more in the glide. Skipping, so yeah. when you're playing against a defense that's in the snow that they're thinking about their footing and you're not, that gives you a tremendous advantage. And it, with his burst and his mm-hmm. speed, oh, it, it's a it's a disadvantage uh, for the defense when, when a running back in the snow, as a running back, in the snow, if you get that many carries where your quarterback is throwing the ball that many times, you're going to have a good day because there's nothing that the defense can really do because they're always off balance. What is the biggest difference playing in the snow and playing, obviously, in ideal situations? <laughs> the snow, it depends on whether you're playing in the snow on turf or in grass. Like there's a significant difference when, you know, if it's snowing on the turf and it's just really, really not that bad, then it's just like playing on wet turf. Now, if the, if the snow starts to accumulate on the turf, it could become a little sticky. Um, the, the snow on the turf in, in Buffalo, I mean, I, it's probably one of the coldest games I've ever played in in my life. And that turf was frozen. So it really just depends on what, what the conditions are, but. If you're right, I know me, I love playing in the snow. Playing in the snow is the best because if it's cold outside, the DBs, they really don't want to hit. All right? Do they want to hit anyway? Well, the cornerbacks, they never want to hit. Put it this way. The colder it is, tackling becomes important because it hurts the defender more. Mm-hmm. It hurts the defender more when you got to tackle in the snow or tackle in cold weather. So, like I said, a, a running back like Bell who has great vision, who also has the speed to make up for bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the snow just – and plus, you, the thing about playing in the snow, I played in the snow a couple of times in the league. It, it, it's the it's the one time that you're playing professional football where you're back as being a kid. Every time I played in the snow, I felt like I was just back in the neighborhood playing around with the fellas because that's just what the snow brings. It's not something you play in often. Alex, what's up, cuz? I see you talking about you had Le'Veon Bell. You're one lucky man if you had Le'Veon Bell <laughs> yeah. uh, this week. I've, I've seen scores. I know in standard league scoring, it's like 47 points. But leagues with bonuses, I've seen him score as much as 60 points 
that he was getting credited credited for. That was that was a huge day, a record setting day. Um, three touchdowns. That's you know that's a hell of a game. You remember when you had your three touchdown game? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who was that against? Tennessee or Bo- Tennessee or Buffalo? Buffalo, I think. It was against Buffalo. It was Buffalo. Oh. Yeah. Virginia. You say what? Virginia? <laughs> Virginia, UVA. Oh yeah, right. I, I was talking about the NFL. I yeah. wasn't talking about college. Um, what's that next game? Denver at Tennessee. I tell you, I'm watching this game, and I'm get, correct me on the names here. What's his name? Dives at that guy's knees, and I was disgusted by that play. That thing to me was worse than any. Um, you know what I'm talking about, DJ? I didn't see it. Really? You know what I'm talking about, Lamont? Did you no, see it? no. I, um, and and I after the game, Talib said that he was going to. You know, yeah. we got the same agent. Don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of that dude. Um, did you, did you see it, A1? That might be one of the dirtiest plays I've, I've seen. Um, on a running play, a uh, defensive back just comes up and just takes out the guy's knees. Helmet straight to his kneecap, and he's carted off. Like, what was the situation? He was just jogging, and the guy decided he wanted to take his knee out. Oh, yeah, I got to see that. I mean, you, you have the video. It's been, they were talking about it all day. Uh, it was incited a big, uh, a big fight. Uh, that, that, to me, it's just way... The fines for that need to be to be through the roof, and I'm more concerned about that than I am to helmet the helmet. Harry, Harry Douglas, that's his Harry name. Douglas, and in the play, that's the that's the defense. Excuse me, that's the the back, um, the receiver that he hit. Um, I'm not sure. I can, yeah, but it was it, that, that was terrible. Go ahead. What do you want to say about the, this game? I actually picked, um, and I think I'm the only one to pick Tennessee. And I told you, ten points every week. I feel like it's Denver. Lack of offense, just it's just not going. They just cannot get their offense. Harry Douglas was the receiver. Harry the the cornerback was Chris Harris Jr. Okay, got you. Um, Denver, while at the beginning of the year, you know we we were everybody was high on them and they're riding high and they look like the Super Bowl champions. They went in there and they beat up Cam again. All of that, great. Just can't score. Like they really just can't score. So, you know, it, when you do stuff like that, it's going to be hard to pick you. And Tennessee's been playing a lot better than people. I uh, realize that they have. Go yeah. ahead, DJ. Yeah, they they can't score. They ran the ball for eight for eighteen yards, and running the ball for eighteen yards, and you have a quarterback who hasn't lit the world on fire at all this year. You're not going to be able to put up points or get first downs. And Tennessee didn't have to do much. They only had to score thirteen points to win this game, um, a touchdown and some field goals, and that was it for them. Yeah, it's hard to Tennessee. While we were talking about. Winston on the last game, what um, Mariota has also been very impressive so far this year. This was not one of his better games, obviously, completing just six passes for 20 yards and still getting and still getting a W, which is uh, pretty hard to do. But they got a running game. They got two different backs. This game, Henry gets 12 carries. They got two different backs that they can just keep handing the ball to who are two workhorses. Mm-hmm. And at this time of year, not a bad situation to have two, to have two uh, running backs. And I mean, they had a chance to actually win this game, and um, they got a fumble, which basically cost them the game. I'm I'm sitting here looking at it, um, and this is probably not a good. See, they, they keep skipping. Like I don't. It's probably something dealing with. I was looking at it over here too. It this by second look, it don't look as bad. I mean, because he's he's standing right. If he can see the guy, so just like he did, he just kind of jumped over him. 
He could have known. He could have avoided it. Look, I know. It wasn't blind. It, it wasn't depends blindside. on. It, 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 first of all, I don't, that wasn't blindside. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the man was mm-hmm. in front of him. Yeah. And this is where, to me, this is where things things in football have gotten soft. If it's one thing I appreciate, and having having rushing records up at University of Maryland, a lot of my yards came from my wide receivers doing exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. It's legal to cut a defensive back. All right, and that's why I say the film was kind of bad because I couldn't see what was going on as the play was taking place. But as far as I know, I mean, unless there's a rules change to it, that's a legal play. The ball, the ball is live. You're a wide receiver. You can go and chop a guy. That that that's legal. It's just I I haven't, I couldn't see the whole play call and what was and, and and how everything took place and you know where the ball was at the time that it took place. But DBs are going to cry about that. DBs are definitely going to cry about that, but that's as far as I know, that's a legal play. Well, Herm, who's old school as they come, and a NFL defensive back, if I'm not mistaken, and Dungy, both said there's no place in the game for that and called to play dirty. Well, uh, I what's have his to name, see. who's also known as one of the dirtiest players? Who's mm-hmm. the NBC Tonight guy? Rodney Harrison yeah. said that's the, my point is whether it's legal. The intention, you know what you're doing when you do, you put a helmet to somebody's knee, they're leaving on a the cart. They're all defensive backs, and they're all they're they're going to they're going to defend that. Um, well, Talib is, and he's not defending it at all. Yeah, Talib, <laughs> Talib's a defensive back, right? And, no, and, and that's why I, I, said, I said he's not defending it. No, nah, no, nah, they're going to they're going to defend like that being a dirty play. I mean, they're going to they're going to oh, call okay, it a got dirty you. play. Right, right. It's, it's going right, against right, right, it's right. going against one of their guys. Yeah, it don't look as bad as as you thought, but when you know your man gets hurt. Because somebody went at his legs, yeah, you're going to be mad. He's a, one of the best players on your team, and he's going to cost, he's going to possibly cost you guys a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, but he's standing right in front of him. That's that's what I'm saying. He can he can he can see that guy. You see it coming. This yeah. is what I mean. And and I can't really say whether or not it was it was a legal hit or not, or if it was dirty, because all of the replays that I'm looking at, it's not showing me what's taking place while this cut is taking place. Right. Like if the ball is being ran, that's illegal. He's in front of the man. Based on the rules, as, as far as I know him from cutting, you he's can't on the, one come, on the opposite side of the field of the run. Well, okay, that's what I'm saying. I can't see everything else that's going on. Now, yeah. this is taking place clearly on the other side of the field. Um, you know, you, you don't want that, but it's legal. Yeah, it's not a matter of whether. That's fine. It's things illegal and there's things that are just unnecessary. I'm going to tell you like this. As a running back, that when I'm wrapped up up high and guys come and dive at running back's knees, are you going to make a rule for that? Because there's nothing as a running back that we can do. And I'm sure people are going to say, oh, well, that's the life of a running back. But that's the life of a football player between them lines. When that ball is snapped, everybody is live. So I don't, no, care, how, I don't, care, how far, I don't care how far away this is. If, if you're lollygagging and I get a chance. Listen, I've been, I got cheap shotted by Willie McGinnis, and it was clearly the ball was clear on the other side of the field. I understand why he did it. I didn't like it. But I can't complain about it because it's football. If he didn't get hurt, it would be nothing to it. In our game, Jason Witten was running, and one of our defensive backs <coughs> ran full speed at this dude's legs. I'm like, man, that, that had to hurt. And yeah. he didn't get hurt, so there was no talk about it. I mean, I just can't, like I said, I can't see I can't see where the ball was. But, I mean, the way I know the game of football, you just got to keep your head on the swivel, dude. Yeah. And if you see a man going diving at your legs, why are you sticking your hands out up high? Go ahead. You got anything else you want to say about this game, Lamont? Um, no. I mean, Tennessee. I mean, you, you've been saying it. You've been talking about Tennessee. And and it's going to be interesting down the stretch to see what happens in, in that division. But um, 
Broncos defense is what it is, but if they don't have offense, then the Broncos just they're going to be irrelevant. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Washington at Philly. Philly was in control this entire game, and then just let it go. You know, they they had a nice little what was it thirteen thirteen or nothing? I think it was lead at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was not. Thir- it was like thirteen seven. Okay. Go ahead, and they, well, they had they were in control of the game, and lost at the end. Um, the Redskins should win this game. You know, they're going. These dudes are two teams going in the opposite direction. Uh, one is essentially for all intense purposes rebuilding, and one has a team that is considered a contender right now. Um, Deshaun Jackson stepped up and and made another big play. That dude, he's been very quiet this year. But it was good. He always seems to come back and bring his best out for Philly, though. That's for sure. He has no problem reminding them that that he, uh, you know, was re- let go or traded for or what was it, released, whatever the case may be, shipped out of town. Um, Kirk Cousins costly interception, but he was able to come back from it. Um, I'd call it a, a, you know, average game. He had good moments, good plays, but you know, costly pick six and turnovers. Uh, other than that, I don't have anything else to say. Redskins is just a better team. I mean, Philly Philly put up a fight for a minute. It looked like they was going to, you know, help, you know, knock Redskins out of the playoff spot. But, you know, Redskins is a better team. Robert Kelly made a great run. Deshaun Jackson, you know, got behind the defense. Kurt made a hell of a throw. It's a game that Washington should win. I think the Redskins made things hard, you know, hard on themselves. Uh for me, Kirk Cousins' interception, yeah, he has a part in it. I think it was a, I think it was a terrible route by Deshaun. Um, when you're running an out route, you have to threaten a man deep. He never made that man feel threatened deep. That's why he was able to break on the ball and get that pick six. Um, Kurt also kind of threw the ball behind him. But at the end of the day, you just scored a touchdown in the previous drive. You, you, you got control of the game by running the ball. That play that he threw the pick six on, they came out and shotgun for two plays in a row. Why are you doing that? You're shooting yourself in the foot. The Redskins. Yeah, the Redskins. The you're Redskins shooting, yeah, you're, have, have you're s- shooting yourself in the foot. And Breland, Breland, he needs to be off the field. <laughs> <laughs> he should be. He should be inactive. I like Breland. Breland sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm saying it strong. He sucks. I was a Breland fan when he first came into the NFL because I thought I saw a tremendous upside. Yeah. But he's too cool. You yeah, can't be cool. You can't him. be cool out there out there on that football field. Why is he always around a man that's wide open catching the ball? Why? Yeah. Why is it that everything that takes place that's bad for the Washington Redskins, he's around it. He's too cool. And this is the same guy that had a problem with Josh, if I'm not mistaken, had a problem with Josh Norman coming in. Uh, when they when they first signed right. Norman, he wasn't he, happy about that. He wants to be the number one corner. I mean, right now he's a bona fide special teams player at best. This is what I see from Breland. The dude sucks. His man is always open. <laughs> Everything is happening in front of him. He hasn't recovered from that Pittsburgh game. He hasn't recovered from the Pittsburgh game. But how about you? St- from my, from my understanding, he's fighting Twitter wars and all of that. Won't you watch some film? <laughs> Won't you man up? How about that? He got caught in the because the Washington Redskins defense cannot win as long as he, as long as he's out there on the field. If I'm an offensive coordinator, I know I'm going to throw it to his side because whoever he's around is going to be open. And if they if they catch the ball and he's around nine times out of ten, he's not going to bring them down. 
Nobody cares about how fast you are. Nobody cares about plays that you rate, you made your rookie season. You made plays for a team that for years was pretty much irrelevant outside of the fact that you were playing against America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Outside of that, the Redskins have been irrelevant. He made plays for a team that's thirsty, for a fan base that's thirsty to have a winner on a, on a team. They cannot win with a player out there that has no sense of urgency. And I think that's the, that's the biggest problem that I have with Breland is that he has no sense of urgency. And as long as he is on the field and he's playing that way, the Redskins are, are just – they're pretenders. Well, playing quarterback is really hard. And the alternative is to throw to Josh Norman. So quarterbacks aren't going to be really quick to do that. So what they'll do is throw to the other side, and whoever's on the other side is going to get more targets. And they're going to have to step up. It's, that's just a hard position to play. Coming into this season – if it's one strength that everybody I know for myself I felt was a strength of the Redskins is their secondary. Yeah. Most Redskins fans, I think, coming into the season, okay, hey, if you want to throw the Breland side, all right. Breland can catch. Let's make no mistake about it. At mm-hmm. one point, I think he was a kick returner. So mm-hmm. the, the man has some abilities now. But you have an ability and you're not showing it on Sunday. I mean, he got twerked on in week one. Yeah. All right. Dallas torched him. He's been getting torched the entire season. Why are you playing so far back off in the man? And if you are, if you're that fast and you're that good, then on third and seven, third and eight, you wouldn't be backpelling, leaving the man, leaving zones wide open. I mean, everything bad happens when he's on the field, and they need to put him on the bench. I'd rather, I'd rather play with a guy that may bust some assignments, but at least he's going to show a sense of urgency. He's going to compete than to have a guy that's out there. Like, why are you waving your hands incomplete because the quarterback overthrew the man who just beat you? All cornerbacks do that, and I can't stand it. Like, it's the worst. It's funny. I have no idea why they do that. It's, you, it's, it's the absolute worst. <laughs> They act like now if you break up a play, yeah, yeah, do every time. Do something, man. Overthrown balls, drop passes, and they doing that like oh, they just did something. You complete, you you got beat. Clearly, the quarterback threw the ball out of bounds. So I, why are you looking to the fans? I forgot to mention this last week's show. I'm watching the Redskins game, and they're at I think like the two yard line on a play that they need to win, and they throw a fade route to Deshaun Jackson, which was like <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, he made zero attempt to go get it. There was zero chance that he was going to get it. Um, and oh, by the way, he was going against Patrick Peterson, arguably the best cornerback in football. And it seems like the Redskins have trouble drawing up plays in the red zone at or around the goal line. They love that fade route. Um, but a fade right to Deshaun Jackson? I don't know. I'm not, I'm throwing a fade route to two people from the Washington Redskins. That's Reed and Garcon. I thought well, Dawson's not there. I thought one of him, but he's, he's uh, Dawson is irrelevant to me. He's yeah. a nobody. <laughs> he can he's a first uh, for what? what uh, he, TCU that means nothing to Redskins fans. Yeah, you what right. you did in TCU, TCU means absolutely nothing. So as far as I'm concerned, Dawson is irrelevant to me. You're not on the field, dude. Yeah, Crowder is Crowder means something. I I would throw a fade route to Crowder before I throw a fade route to Deshaun. But if I'm going to throw a fade route, I'm going to throw a fade route to two people, Jordan Reed, and I'm going to throw a fade route to Pierre Garçon, two people who have proven and shown you time and time again that when that ball is in the air, they will go up and go after it. All right, go to the next game. <laughs> go to the next game. Um, Arizona and Miami. Miami loses Tannehill. And I don't know, I guess that pretty much would put an end to their playoff. Hopes, unless Matt Moore can come in and do better than Tannehill, which actually wouldn't be that hard to do, I would say. But um, 
you know, again, the the Cardinals, just when you're getting ready to say, wow, you know, be careful of them and they can make some noise, Carson Palmer goes right back up to his old tricks, two two interceptions. You know, he's a turnover machine. That's that's what he does, and he's had an awful, awful season. David Johnson does what he does. Um, Michael Floyd has a hell of a night. He finds himself without a job on Monday. Yeah, I mean, not only two interceptions, three fumbles, one loss. Yeah, he's a turnover machine. He really is. And I told you, Arizona, like from week three, I was like, they're just not, they're not the sum of their parts. They're not making, they're not making any sense about what they're doing. Five and seven, they actually, I feel like they're worse than five and seven. Um, the Dolphins, you know, get another home win, but with, with the loss of Tannehill, I think there goes any hope they had of making the playoffs. They they said that uh, it's a sprain, not a, a tear, so he right. might not be out for the season. Might okay, not I thought be out. they just said it didn't require surgery since it wasn't that, but still would be out for the season. I mean, the season's only three, three more weeks. So um, go ahead, DJ. Yeah, there's too much talent on this team in Arizona. Um, I think Carson Palmer's killing them right now. When he's good, they're good. And he's just has he hasn't been good en- enough this year. So I, I would think they would want to look somewhere else for a quarterback because they do have talent enough on this team to um to really make some noise. This kid Nelson, you see that um that 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 mm-hmm. play he had? Yeah. That boy's fast. And and David Johnson and they have a good defense too. Carson is really just shooting them in the foot right now. Last year they looked like you know the greatest show on turf all over again. Yeah. You know they were they were putting up points at an alarming rate. Yeah. Carson Palmer was sitting out fourth quarters regularly. Yeah. You know, and now he's right back to being that turnover machine that he was. Lamont? Um, man, I'm sitting here looking at the Dolphins' schedule. And although you lose your quarterback, I, I think the heartbeat of this Dolphins' offense is their run game. Yeah. They're running back. That dude, and they didn't even run it well, though. But he is a beast. And if you look at the next two games that the, that the Dolphins play, they go to New York, which I think is a win, regardless of who the quarterback is. And then they go to Buffalo. And if Buffalo gets get weather conditions like they just had against the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. now you're looking at having to stop yet another running back who's a downhill guy that's mm-hmm. hard to tackle in cold weather and in the snow. So um, I think the unfortunate thing for the Buffalo Bills is that they played the New England Patriots on the last game of the season, and that could be a deciding game whether or not they get in or whether, you know, whether or not they get in. But yeah. um, I'm impressed with what the Dolphins were able to do. Um, coach Adam, he was, he was a wide receivers coach when I was with – the Broncos the year that, that Josh McDaniels was there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just really impressive. I'm, I'm happy to see guys who started out kind of low in the ranks get their opportunities to, to become a head coach. And for him to have this team where he has his team, um, I, I think that's very impressive. Next one. San Diego at Carolina. You guys see Cam's outfit this week? Hell <laughs> <coughs> boy's wild, man. Yes, he is. Those memes out there are hilarious, man. <laughs> They're just hilarious. Cam Newton, uh, 10 for 27. I don't know if he's packed it in, regressed. I think that's last year. We said it again. You know, everything was clicking for him. Tape is out there. And it looks like they, you know, those, those defensive coordinators put that tape together and figured out what your weaknesses are. I mean, every week we're saying, you know, bad game. This is a bad game. This, what was, you know, what from week to week has turned into a, as a bad game. This is a bad season. Like he's having a very bad season. His completion percentage is awful. Um, you know, it, it's just night and day. What a difference a year makes. Yeah. You know, what, what a difference a year makes. Phillip Rivers with another three interceptions. I was just looking game, at man. that. I mean, a lot of, lot of quarterbacks really no, stunk it up this yeah, week. Yes, absolutely. There was uh, no shortage of quarterbacks who stunk it up. And both of these 
uh, went out there and stunk it up. Three interceptions for Phillip Rivers, which brings his season total to 15. 17. Yeah, 17, yeah, 17 yeah, this yeah. year with uh with three games left um and I, and his things his 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 interceptions come in bunches yeah you know when he doesn't just throw one you know he'll either throw none or it's going to be three you know at minimal mm-hmm. um again Carolina they get a W but uh you know night and day from what they were last year go ahead DJ yeah I mean I didn't I didn't watch this game at all um but Cam. Just like you said, Cam is just putting together a, a really bad year. Yes, he and, is. And, you know, when, when things don't go well for him, he shows it. And especially coming off the year they had last year, he's the MVP. They lose one game, and it's looking like he's about to take this league over. Mm-hmm. And yep. this is this has been a really bad, bad step, plenty steps back for him. <laughs> Definitely plenty steps back. What you got, Boogie? Um, <clears throat> just unfortunate. I'm a I'm a Philip Rivers fan. Um, you know, it's just kind of unfortunate. And um, I I think that when you have a quarterback rating of 27.7, you have to do something that can get people's attention off of that. Um, you know, Carolina they got away. They they came out with the victory. But from what I'm seeing, if you can put the game in on Cam Newton's shoulders, then you have a chance of beating the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the whole game is. I mean, they're, 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 first of all, they've lost several defensive um, starters. Quickly thought he was going to be able to play this week. He didn't get out there on the field. I think this is the fourth game in a row that Cam has had under 50% completion percentage, which was some sort of record, a record that you don't want to own. Um, he's at 37% for this game. His QBR is 27. Just a rough, rough patch for him. Yeah. Getting to that next game. Cleveland at. Oh, and the Chargers lose. Um, Melvin Gordon in the first quarter, only getting three carries. Um, originally it looked like he was going to be done for the year. Now they're trying to say it's not as bad as they thought it was, and he has a chance um, to play this week, but I'd be surprised. Since, since he at Cleveland. I'm dying to know what happened between Terrell Pryor and um, Pac-Man, for Pac-Man to come out after the game and just be talking about him so blatantly and disrespectful with no regards and even attempting to be respectful about it, just calling that man garbage and pointing to the trash can and looking at him, see if he was in the trash can. Um, the Browns suck. That's There's nothing new to that. RG3 came out there, tried to get it going. See, they throw a flea flicker from their own end zone in the middle of the snow, and you ask yourself, what, who designs that? Who, who designs that? Who says, you know what would be a good play right here when we can't afford to use as much as one yard? A flea flicker. And then RG3 just throws the ball up pretty much as a Hail Mary and a triple coverage, and the ball died in the air anyway. You know, had had nothing left on it by the time he got there. The Browns are a bad, bad organization, bad team. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to know what happened too with um Terrell and Pac-Man. And Terrell's been having a hell of a year. And this game, one catch for three yards. I, I guess this would have to be in his worst, worst game this year. And um, I'm curious too. This is not the first time I heard another cornerback. I forget who it was that said he's just a regular receiver. He's just tall. And I wonder why so much talk about negative things about Terrell Pryor. I mean, I've been loving his comeback story. I'm thinking um, he talks a, a bit on the field. You know, that because that, those types of things people say, <clears throat> that's personal. And obviously it's more than what the normal trash talk that goes on, you know, between the field. Because he's talking very adamantly about, about, about him. Well, talking on the field is talking on the field. Nobody knows but you guys. Now, if he's going on social media 
and give an interview saying, well, I'm this and I'm that. And these guys I haven't are heard this. any of that. Though. Right. I haven't heard any of that. Right. So if you're saying something on the field, like you said, that's just between you guys. Obviously, you said something more. Maybe you said something. You said something. Something obviously did to Pac-Man. How much could he have saved with one catch for three yards? Yeah, now, if he's out yeah. there killing, then you got room to talk trash. But if you're out there and you're not doing anything, you got right. three targets, how much trash can you talk? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Lamont, do you have anything? Two teams that are irrelevant. No disagreement from here. Yeah. The Bengals, the, that's, the Bengals weren't always irrelevant. Whoa. Matter of fact, they've been relevant for a while now, and this year they are irrelevant. The question I have is for the last decade, every year when the Bengals have been 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins, like they were asking for Robert, for uh, Marvin Lewis's job with 12 wins. What's going to happen now when they don't make the playoffs and they have six wins? Is it not time for Marvin Lewis to go then? I don't know. I mean, I like Marvin personally. Me too. Um, Marvin has caught some bad breaks. Like last year, without your starting quarterback having his best year, Going into a playoff game against Pittsburgh, a game you still should have won the game, and and he he gets a bad break for that. Yeah, I I, I definitely I definitely agree with that one. Lamont, what you have? Do you have anything to say about Marvin? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's just the Bengals and the Browns. I mean, I don't really care to be honest with you. I mean, I I care about Marvin Lewis, but. It's just one of those things that I, I'd rather not even talk about whether or not it's going to be, you know, he's going to keep his job or not. I think that's just something we just wait and see that that happens at, at the um, at the at the end of the at the end of the year. I feel like that's just something that Stephen A's lobbying for, and the more he's been saying it, now other people starting to say it. They've been saying it for a while. He every, has no, never every, heard a lot of it. Yes, they, they, every year when they lose in the playoffs, and everybody says because I mean, what has it been like something ridiculous, like ten years with. Would they have one playoff win? I only think they have one. <laughs> okay, they got a he's lot. Making, of, he's making yeah, it he's like making every it. year, and there's a lot of teams who's not making a playoffs. I agree. I agree. Go ahead, next game. Chicago at Detroit. Uh, Matthew Stafford gets hurt. Apparently, they said he's going to play the rest of the game, the rest of the season, with a glove. I think they said he injured his pinky finger. It was on his throwing hand. Um, as Lamont said about the last two teams, I don't care. So I, that's all. I'm, Detroit somehow has nine wins and <laughs> looks like they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, Matthew Stafford on the lowest put together before this game an MVP candidate season. I think he has eight fourth quarter comebacks or game winning drives or something, or something, something along those lines, which is hard to ignore. Nine wins in Detroit. Uh, the, the Bears are irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. And the Lions, if you can say a team with nine wins is irrelevant, I'll say that. I don't. While they'll probably win the division, I don't expect the Lions to be a threat to anybody. Yeah, somehow they just keep winning. They do. Um, and and I agree with you. It's I still I still just don't believe them. I don't either. Lamont, they haven't beat a team with a winning record. Is that a fact? They beat the Bears. They beat the Saints. The Vikings. The Jaguars. The Vikings. The Redskins is the only team with a winning record that they beat. The Vikings have a winning record. Are did, are they back under five hundred now? Seven to six. Are they? That's winning then. Okay, well. No, I, I get you. They definitely have uh, a lot of W's on. They team. haven't beat anybody that that matters. I agree. Let's just put it that way. 
I agree. But with that said, I'm happy with I'm happy for Coach Caldwell. Um, there's other teams who are playing in divisions and have played teams that don't matter, and they haven't been able to put together nine victories. So I'm not going to take that lightly. And the thing that nobody really talks about is I like Detroit's defense. Their defense has quietly in the last couple of weeks has has has, has done a good job of, of helping them to get these wins. Matthew Stafford um, didn't start the season off too too hot. I know that for a fact because he was on my fantasy team. <laughs> but um, but to to see what Detroit is doing, what Coach Carwell is doing out there in Detroit, uh, I'm I'm really happy for him. And I, I just hope that Detroit can finish this thing out and and win this division. All right, next game. Houston. And Indianapolis. Two teams that one of these teams is going to be in the playoffs. Brock Osweiler up to his old tricks, 147 yards passing, no touchdowns, one interception, another nothing-nothing game for DeAndre Hopkins. He goes out there, I think it was like three catches, two catches, excuse me. I spotted him a catch. Two catches for 33 yards. Their offense under him is anemic at best. Um, Andrew Luck, more of the same. And the Texas Texas defense is still very good though, and very productive. Yeah, Texas defense is definitely good. Um, I mean, Andrew Luck is responsible for three turnovers. It's going to be hard to win games when your quarterback has two interceptions and a fumble. Um, so you know, uh, the Texans. I think this division is going to come down to the Texans and what Texans and Titans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now they're tied. Uh, they have the same record, and they play each other in the last game of the season. Tennessee's the better team. I think Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee to me is the overall. I think Tennessee has the old, yeah, they have the better quarterback. I think the Texans have the better defense. That they do. Um, but the, but Tennessee has the better uh, running game. They had the better quarterback. And I think they have just a better all-around better team. Yeah, after what happened last year with, with, with Houston, I, I actually hope that, and, and I know Billy O, I actually hope Tennessee gets in. Because uh, that's just been two terrible quarterback decisions down there in Houston for the last two years. First, you keep Hoyer in the game where clearly he was shell shocked last year mm-hmm. in that playoff in that playoff game, and now you pay Oswalder all this money and he pretty much comes in and does awful. absolutely nothing. So uh, that last game of the season for these two teams is going to be it's, it's going to be critical. Brock Osweiler on the season, fourteen touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, and a QBR <coughs> of fifty-seven. The Texans need Tennessee to lose to the Chiefs this week because I don't think that I don't think that um I don't think Houston is going to beat Tennessee on the last game of the season. I don't think so either. Next game, Minnesota. Minnesota at Jacksonville. Two teams are not really overly concerned with either. Two teams that Adrian Peterson is talking about coming back to practice um tomorrow, which is just amazing. That dude's body heals just like. He's not human, really, man. If he's going to play, I'd love to see them get a... into the playoffs. Yeah, I hear you. Even because their running game since he's left has been awful. Yeah, it's been like really, really, really bad. Jacksonville. Speaking of really, really bad, Blake Bortles not even able to get garbage time this this game. <laughs> he didn't get his chance to get his his his, his garbage time sets. I don't think there's anything to say. Anybody yeah, have anything to say? Breeze no. past this one. Okay. The Jets at San Francisco. You know what's funny is I'm sitting here. I don't know if you were here when Lowe said that. They were up, literally. Lowe's is a, is a Niners fan. He watches mm-hmm. all their games. They were up 14 to 3. 17 to 3, I believe. 17 to 3. And Lowe says, we're here. Lowe says, we're about to lose. Mm-hmm. I said, what are you talking about, man? You guys are up 17 to 3. 
He said, trust me, I watch every game. We're about to lose. We haven't scored since the first quarter. We're going to lose this game. And I'll be damned if they didn't just go out there and lose. They didn't score another point. After, like, just like he said, the Jets just go up and down the field. And, you know, with a guy named Bryce Petty, you know, his first start, I believe. Or uh, if not his first. No, you said it wasn't his first start, right, DJ? No. Whatever this case may be. I think it's a second. A second start. And they go out to San Francisco and beat the 49ers, who are a god-awful team. I don't know what else there is to say about either one of these teams other than, I guess, um, I, 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 Bortles is just, uh, he's just a dead man walking, I'm assuming. The coach, sorry, not Bortles. Uh, what's the coach's name? Oh, you talking about Jess Coach? Tom Bowles? Yeah. Bowles, Tom yeah. Bowles? No, I don't think so. You don't think he's fired at the end no, of the year? I don't think so. I think last week's game. He don't have much. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, Coach, I don't think Woody's going to get rid of him yet. Okay. I don't think so. I mean, you have you, Fitzpatrick. You were dealing with the whole Fitzpatrick situation. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's gonna get rid of him. the week before. That with everybody quitting on the team, I know that didn't. I mean, when people start quitting on teams, that's when coaches start getting fired. I understand that, but I I, I think that you will see more changes coming from players being moved opposed to the coach being moved. Yeah. At- Atlanta. At the Rams. There's a coach who got fired right after getting an extension. Huh? I said, there's a coach who got fired right after getting an extension. They fired him? Jeff Fisher? Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't see that, really. Yeah, he got fired. This, was this, what happened, this happened yesterday? Mm-hmm. Wow. Eric Dickerson said, now I can go to the game. said, I'll be at this wow. week's game. Wow, I didn't see that. Eric Dickerson said, I will be at this week's game. He got fired yesterday around 2 o'clock. You know, I'm actually ho- I'm, I'm happy he's not in L.A. I, I just don't think that he's an L.A. type of coach. <laughs> I would much rather see him with a franchise that 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 um I think that that he can actually have some success with. I mean, you're talking about a Rams team that they just moved to L.A. You draft the quarterback that that just pretty much sucks. You're rebuilding. I mean, he'll be better off just. But then, what 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 credit do you take for drafting the quarterback? I know he had some say in that. I'm sure he had some type of say in it, but at the end of the day, I just never felt like. This when they moved to L.A., I just never saw it working out with with the Rams and Coach Fisher once he went to L.A. I just, I just, it was just a bad feeling for me. So Eric um, Dickerson pulled it off. Those Rams are a bad product. When yeah. when they saw that stands, the stands were I don't even know if they were at fifty percent capacity. Yeah. in L.A., like mm-hmm. you can't do that. And Jared Goff, I, I don't know. I feel like if you're going, you knew this was going to come to this conclusion. And again, we can only have to believe that he must have just looked awful. I mean, but what do you expect? The, the, in regular in, in uh, practice. They haven't. This team just getting there, and it's L.A. L.A. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get fans coming to, yeah. to no no yeah. games in L.A. Yeah, I mean, if it ain't, if they're good, I mean, even if they're good, I mean, I've watched games where the Lakers were playing and, and the Lakers were good, and the stands was you still see a bunch of open seats. I haven't seen a lot of, but I know they don't cheer. They're not excited fans. Yeah, like you're not going to get. I mean, you may get players who want to be around stars and who like the yeah. NFL life and, yeah. and this, that, and the third, but but. Football is totally different now than it was the last time LA. The last time LA had a football team, you don't have those type of guys on this team. You don't have a Jackie Slater on your team. You don't have an Eric Dickinson on your nah, team. And you don't. You don't have guys. any of those guys on that team. So, un, until you actually get those type of players in there, then the Rams are just going to be irrelevant. Because I, I fully expect San Francisco to get something turned around. They get rid of Chip Kelly. 
I think in a year or two, whoever takes over that job is going to do okay. Seattle is who they are. Mm-hmm. And you st- I'm still not counting out the Arizona Cardinals for a team uh, come next year that I expect to, to make some noise. So, I mean, the Rams are just irre- irrelevant. The Falcons, Falcons are just the Falcons. They put up 42 points. And um, that's what you're supposed to do against a, against a struggling Rams team. You see comments, Todd Gurley's comments after the game? No. Said we're running a middle school offense and people players are just going out there going through the motions. Oh, yeah. That, that, that ain't help. That ain't help, Coach, no. at all. He said we're running a middle school offense and he said players are just going out there going through the motions. The reporter said, do you think that's what people are doing? He said, I know that's what people are doing. It sounds like he said, sound, I, he said, I want to play this win. Might have. <laughs> well, the star player and the, the, the star player currently – and this franchise star player together, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's that's not a good – and then you throw in, like I said, going at 40 or 50% uh, attendance rate, yeah. you're going to lose your job, dude. And like you said about the attendance rate, I just feel like in L.A. there's a bunch of Raiders and Niners fans. So they're, they're not going to be – they're not going to fill that stadium unless they, they get really good. And had the nerve to ask taxpayers to pay for a stadium. <laughs> be out of your mind. Stan Crocky, it's my guy. <laughs> Go ahead. What we got next one? Seattle at Green Bay. Man, uh, another guy, <laughs> Pro Bowl, All Pro, whatever you want to call him, Russell Wilson, one is as good as anybody in the business. Because there are five interceptions, not a lot of them. He might have like five all last year. Yeah, like. yeah, literally. I think I literally think he had five, right. if no more than eight. But it was definitely it might have been five all last year. Um, a couple of them were just bad breaks. Uh, a couple of them receivers I felt like weren't doing him any favors. Uh, when you watch these games, a lot of these times, like this one right here, Des Bryant, um, that they just showed. A lot of these times, these these receivers aren't doing the quarterbacks any favors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the receiver slips, then the quarterback's right there, jumps the route. Um, the receiver's not fighting for the ball. Seattle just wasn't Seattle's day yesterday. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And, and you know, everything that could have gone right for Green Bay went right. You know, this is the game that if you're Alex, excuse me, if you're. If you're no, not, not him. If you're Russell Wilson, you're, you're looking your chops seeing the, pan, the excuse me, Green Bay's. Secondary coming to town because the rest of the NFL has been eating off of them this entire time. And for you to go out there and have your worst game against the worst secondary in the NFL, you can't say you saw that coming. I thought Aaron Rodgers was great. He got these guys coming in here in, in that cold weather, and he's you no, know, he's he's used to that. And he 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 looked great. Russell looked horrible. <laughs> did he um, did. That's all the stuff they would talk about Aaron all year. You know, you he have two or three games where he's not. Looking like the Aaron Rodgers they're used to seeing, so they're automatically thinking a guy's going in the opposite direction. And me and you have always been consistent. It's like, I don't care how many games they're losing. It's not because of Aaron. Right. These- we, watch, we watched this game together, and I remember I said, DJ, do you see? On, we're talking about on plays that they did complete, yeah. and they showed no separation from anybody. They show you all five receivers. Three of them not even look like they're in run blocking. Right. I mean, they look like they're attached to the guy covering them. And, you know, the, the pass that he makes to Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson was covered like a blanket. The guy just had his back turned for half of a second, and, and Aaron hit the guy in a window that doesn't even exist. You know what I mean? That They need to get some weapons out there for Aaron Rodgers. But, he, you know, he's hurt, and he came out there, and he said at the press conference, you know, they asked him about being hurt. He said, I'm not here to talk about me being hurt. Let's talk about us winning three games in a row. He's at 32-7 and seven right now. I, mean, I, I, I love that. He's A-Rod, man. He's, he's, he's the real deal. Mm. Boogie, you have anything? Um, Green Bay just looks good. And as far as Russell Wilson is concerned, this goes back to last year's playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings. He doesn't play well in, in bad weather games like that. 
I mean, if you think about what Minnesota did last year, you know, mm-hmm. in those type of conditions, Russell Wilson just does not play well. And you got behind uh, a Green Bay team that was that was just it was just one of those games. It, it was just one of those games for Green Bay that Aaron Rodgers was hot offensively. They were clicking on all cylinders, and that defense was just harassing Russell Wilson all night. So my head goes off to to, to Green Bay. Um, I want to get my picks in because I got to get ready to. Oh, two. It's two more games. You can breeze. Oh, we got two more. Okay, yeah. The um, Dallas at New York. Here's all I'm gonna say about this game. All down my Facebook timeline, all I hear is the entire nation, <coughs> not just Giants fans, basking about this Cowboys loss. Um, especially Redskins fans, which is really odd. How a team, how you have could be a fan of a team that has lost to this team twice already has a worse record than them, and you still find the need to talk trash about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The only fan of any team that should be saying anything at this point is a Giants fan, at which point you beat them twice and still find yourselves two games behind them. Mm-hmm. But the Cowboys' hate in this country is like, wow. You know what I mean? I mean, I've seen people of fans that are just god-awful. Oh, the Cowboys lost. They lost two games. The hate, two games the the hate is that season. way because the 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 love and the trash talk of their that, that, fans is is probably worse. And I think the the Cowboys might be the one team where it's just like the they have fans everywhere. For they like, do for what they reason? Do. They are know? America's team. They, Jerry 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 is right about that. I just wanted to say that while it's like the fact that the Redskins fans are talking trash to the Cowboys, they have two losses. I would say this. If you're a Redskins fan and you're talking trash about the Cowboys losing, clearly you know absolutely nothing about football. Yeah, you need because man. you needed you the need Cowboys the man, to win yeah. that game. Yeah. Yeah. So you really shouldn't be talking trash about a team that A, leads your division, B, swept you, <laughs> that, I mean, that's and right C, there. that you needed to win to, to give yourself another opportunity to hold on to, to, to a playoff. But like I said, a lot of that just stems from the arrogance of Cowboy fans. I have plenty of them. And especially their arrogant losing. So imagine how they how they are right now when they're winning. Them guys are them guys are some trash talking, arrogant. Every time they score my house, I gotta hear the um the Wiz Khalifa song, "We Them Boys." Loud and them guys are arrogant. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it right here on this day. Whoever the Cowboys play in their first playoff game, they're gonna lose. Who are the Cowboys? The Cowboys. I don't care who they play in the NFC in that first playoff game. They're going to be a home game. I don't care. They're going to lose. Okay. I'm saying it today. They're going to lose. The Giants, um, the thing that was most impressive for me was this Giants defense. And people have to remember this, and I think I said it last week. When the Giants won the two Super Bowls they won, it's because they had a dominant defense. Mm -hmm. And without without, uh, Pierre Paul, to see what that Giants defense did against the Cowboys. I mean, they matched them. They seemed like they were faster than the, uh, than the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, Odell Beckham showed up and, and the fact that they were able to strip Dez to win the game, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that, that Giants team is, is dangerous, man. Right. Um, I thought our defense was great. Um, the kid, the rookie came in for the Pierre Paul injury really hurt me and the rookie that came in for him. Played his butt off. Um, I love our cornerbacks. Cromartie, Eli Apple, and Paige Norris Jenkins, money well spent. He's been, he's been balling. I'm hating this, our left tackle, Flowers, him and Eli together. Pisses me off. <laughs> and if it wasn't for our defense, man, our record would be the opposite of, of what it is right now. I got you. 
Go ahead. Baltimore and New England. It looked like early it was going to be no contest. And the looks on the Ravens' faces looked like he kind of was like, wow, we're better than this. And a team, New England, is not known for mental mistakes. Just all of a sudden just falls apart, like on back-to-back special teams plays. You know, you say, you don't normally see those things. Now, I'm wondering if those guys are even still on the team. <laughs> because, you know, that's not that's not what you do over there. I mean, you know, the, uh, a punt, excuse me, it was a punt or a kickoff hitting your foot. You know, it was a punt, hits your foot. It, that doesn't happen. Stuff like that just doesn't happen in New England. And and for it to happen, eh, I, I, my guess is those guys will be looking for a job soon. Ravens came out, they fought, and they tried. Just, you know, ran into a better team. Yeah, that's all it is. It's hard to go up there and win. I thought Ravens would be one of the teams that can do it. They... They they couldn't move the ball at all, run, running the ball. Um, Brady was amazing. That's about it. 406 yards and hits Chris Hogan down the field. I mean, like, how is it that Chris Hogan is your deep threat? You can play receiver for the Patriots if you just knew what to do. Yeah, I got you. Go ahead, Lamont. Um, just typical Patriots, man. Um, Baltimore always plays New England tough. They do. They always play New England. They tough. do. So this this was this was really no surprise to me. I'm happy to see New England get that win without having Grunk on the field. And I think that the thing that the if you're in the AFC, the the Patriots won this game making those types of mistakes. It's not often you see the Patriots have a game like that two times in a season where they make mistakes like that. Typically what they've done is whether they win or lose, when they make mistakes like that, they seem to come back even better. And then they build from the, they build on that foundation there. Um, I tell you what, I really think that Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh, it, I think for any team in the AFC to really have a shot, Pittsburgh is going to have to win this division. I really think that Pittsburgh is is I say Pittsburgh and Kansas City, but I think Pittsburgh has, is the team that can really knock the Patriots off because you have to be able to score with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to score. You have to be able to get something out of your special teams, which with Antonio Brown back there returning punts, that's a weapon in itself. Um, as far as the Baltimore Ravens are concerned, I just think that that the Ravens are just they're the Ravens. You know, they they're a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. They're not the Ravens that we that, that everybody's used to, but they're just a good, solid football team. That's what it comes down to. They are a good, solid football team. That the Ravens always have a shot, no matter who they're playing. The Ravens have a shot you, because the the defense is going to is the number one defense in football right now. And you know, on any given day, Flacco can decide who he wants to be. So they're always going to have a shot. But I tell you one thing: in baseball, you know, you have the definition of a closer. They come in and put the game away. <coughs> New England has maybe the best closer in football in LeGarrette Blunt. You, you give him the lead and you need to run out that clock, just turn around and you hand LeGarrette Blunt the ball three times in a row and he's going to get you four yards, each one of them, and keep it moving. Last night a guy meets him in the hole, a linebacker, squares up, runs him right over and proceeds for another two yards to pick up the, you know, you look up and you say, ah, four yards to carry. That's that's what he needs. That's, you know, you, at the end of the game you hand him the ball four time, three times and you're 12 yards down the field. Hand it to him again, and you're another 12 yards down the field. The game's over. For some reason, I feel like Peyton Manning is secretly working out and waiting for the playoffs to start so he can join the Denver Broncos. Because they, they, can't, they can't feel like going in there with Simeon is going to – because their defense no. is too good. They got weapons, and they, they could potentially win the Super Bowl, but 
they need better quarterback play. I agree. I agree. Go ahead. Let's get into the um, picks, Boogie. What uh, you got? Yeah, give me um, – you ready, A1? Give me Seattle, uh, Miami, Green Bay, Houston, Buffalo, Baltimore, Kansas City, Detroit, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Atlanta, um, Patriots, Raiders. Give me Redskins over Carolina. I really don't want this, but give me a, give me Dallas over Tampa. I do Dallas over Tampa. Okay. I know you don't want that. Hmm? What you mean you don't want that? Only reason why I'm picking Dallas over Tampa is because I want Tampa to lose, but I really think the Tampa is going to win this game. Uh-oh. So I'm just going to go with Dallas. Yeah. Um, because Redskins need Tampa. To lose. <laughs> they need Tampa to lose the game. Yeah. Redskins, if they get out on Carolina early, then they'll beat them. If Carolina gets out on them early, Redskins aren't going to recover from that. But I think the Redskins will win this game. All right. All right, fellas. Mine will catch up, catch up to you uh, next week, buddy. Go ahead, uh, DJ. Um, L.A. Seattle. Um, Seattle, Seattle for me. L.A. for Mark. <laughs> I'm gonna try to answer for me. <laughs> try to try to answer for me. That's funny. Um, I mean, a lot of times, I'm eight we, games back. Man. How, how many times do we see a team co- in all sports? A team fire the coach, the new coach comes in, and a team's like night and day on fire. Yeah, that's not gonna happen against oh, okay. Seattle. But <laughs> L.A., you know, I, I'm interested to see because Gurley was right; they were running a preschool um, offense. You know, I mean, a middle school offense. Excuse me. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what changes. I guess it's really not that much you can change at this point in the season. But um, they're not going to Seattle and getting a W. Was Jeff Fisher um, an offensive coach or a defensive coach? No, he's a defensive coach. coach. Okay. He's he's a defensive coach. Miami at the Jets. Um, Well. Miami. I'll take Miami. Even without Tannehill? Ooh, Tannehill ain't playing. Looking that way. See, that's the thing, man. It's Tuesday picks, man. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that does change things. Do I, I like Matt more better than I like Petty? That's true. I'll take Miami. I'll take Miami. Things could be cold, you know. I'm, I'm, yeah. that might that might affect them. I might I might gotta send a text in on this one. Okay. Um, go ahead. Green Bay at Chicago. Green Bay. Green Bay's rolling. Yeah, Green Bay. Green Bay's rolling. Jacksonville at Houston. 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 Cleveland at Buffalo. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Philly at Baltimore. Um. Baltimore. 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 Tennessee at Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. Detroit at the Giants. The Giants. Yeah, it's a good game. Who's that? Detroit at the Giants. Giants. Um, The Colts at Minnesota. At Minnesota? At Minnesota. And if Adrian Peterson plays, give him Minnesota. Is he supposed to play? 
I already said he was practicing this week and couldn't play as early as this week. Yeah, I got. I might send a text on that. I'm gonna go to Minnesota. I'll go to Minnesota right now. Yeah. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Hmm. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. New Orleans at Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Never know these two right now. That right? some picks right there, boy. I mean, I feel like Drew Brees going to shake back, but yeah. I don't know if Carson will. Yeah. Give me. Well, they're in Arizona. Give me Arizona. I'll just take New Orleans just to try to get a game up. <laughs> or a game back. Or a game back, right. Um, San Fran at Atlanta. 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 New England at Denver. New England. Denver. You still getting that with Simmons? Yeah, I just want to pick against New England. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get games back, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> definitely how you get games back. You're going to get two with 11. That's 11 to 2. Yes, that is definitely how you would end up games back. I mean, I just don't know historically how many lately, how many has New England been going into Denver winning games? That Denver, that Denver defense can play. Trevor Simmons. Oakland at San Diego. Oakland. Oakland. And Carolina at Washington. Give me Carolina, man. Washington. Really? Yeah. yeah give me Carolina. Give me Carolina, yeah. There go my New England game back right there. Last time, I mean, obviously it was a completely different team. Carolina beat the brakes off of uh, the Redskins last year. That was that was when... when... Yeah, nah, <laughs> it, was, it was a different team. You're absolutely right. Anything... Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting it was in the front. Dallas? Oh, yeah, Dallas and Tampa. Yeah, Dallas. Nah, I'm going to get up to New York nah, to watch the game. I'll, Redskins going. I'll, I'll still stay with Dallas. <sighs> nah, I'll still stay with Dallas. He ain't got no faith in this team that went seven games straight. Yeah, I'll still go with Dallas. I'll still go with Dallas. Do you think we see Tony Romo this year? If, 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 if Tampa Bay win. <laughs> yeah, Tampa Bay win. Tampa Bay win is cool. But would it be like halftime or would it be like nah, it'll just be after Tampa, the game. It'll be after the game? It depends on if he go out there and throw like three interceptions in the first half, he's almost playing second half. That's not going to happen on Dak's time. Nah, Dak's not going to do that, but I'm just saying. If, if that happens. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Nah, I'm good. A1? All right, thanks again for everybody for tuning in this week. Appreciate it. Um, if you didn't get a chance to catch the whole show, make sure you catch it on uh, either the Google app, the, excuse me, Google Play, iTunes, or the TuneIn app. Um, you can watch the whole video at myself on Player Voice um, Facebook page or on Demar Johnson's Facebook page. Again, thank you for everybody for tuning in, and we will see you guys all next week.